Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this Thanksgiving week edition of Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pinninger. And TJ, we had a lot of good football this weekend, but none of it involved either one of our teams. Kind of relaxing, right? Like to be able to take the week <laughs> off. Nice, yes. Yeah, not have to no be stressed stress. out. Just chill on Saturday, which we're going to get a bunch of weekends like that coming up soon. But I can't believe the season's about to be over. I feel like it just started. Last game of the year, um, minus the bowl game. But the bowl games are, I mean, I so look forward to bowl season because most of those are no stress. Um, but yeah, I love it, bowl season. I'm one of those people that is totally fine with the fact that there's 87 bajillion bowl games. Even if they don't mean anything, I am good to sit on my couch from 10 a.m. to you know midnight watching every game imaginable yeah i I, usually the early bowls are some of the best ones like you'll have those high scoring conference usa games is there even conference usa anymore i don't know but you know those high scoring 52 to 49 games and stuff like that they go into like triple overtime um so yeah i'm a big fan of all the bowls people that complain about bowls just hate happiness hate children i agree i totally agree (laughs) what is the point of of being upset about football how do you not want to see more football games how do you vote for less football games and call yourself a football fan those are the people we should deport those are the people we should get rid of so anyway other side of the wall (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) There was a game in the Big Three this weekend, though, uh, which which was pretty interesting. Uh, I guess I just flipped up the whole uh, the whole schedule here. We'll talk about Thanksgiving at the end of the show. Uh, there was a game <laughs> in the uh, in the Big Three that that didn't involve our teams. Did did you catch that uh, that FIU game last night? I gleefully watched it every minute. <laughs> it was fabulous. Well, moving on to Christmas. Uh, adverbs i guess now but um (laughs) i had to think if that was an adverb or an adjective so yeah how about that the kings of miami fiu the fiu panthers upset the miami hurricanes uh what were your thoughts hurricanes aren't even the best team in their own city 
They don't been, even need to talk about the state anymore. Not, they're not even the best one in their own city. They've been relegated. So what were your what, what were your thoughts there? I mean, uh, well, outside of, all, of excitement and joy and all like not feelings, but like what were your thoughts about that? Um, I was amused because you know last podcast we talked about how we had gotten some tweets about the, how there could potentially be a Florida Miami rematch in the orange bowl, which you and I talked about logistically, that's not going to happen. But Miami fans saying that they wanted it to happen because they knew that they were going to win. They could avenge their win, their loss, excuse me, from, uh, August. And, uh, I don't know that they want any of that anymore because if they can't even handle FIU, I'm not sure how they think they're going to, uh, uh, fair any better against Florida a second time around, but it did kind of make me think like, man, I can't believe Florida played him that close, and I can't believe that FSU lost to them because that team is terrible. They are so bad. I mean, Florida State's just as bad. You know, I I think in looking back and thinking Miami back was on the so bad though that was so, that was hard to watch. Like, how many interceptions did we watch? How I. I I don't know. If I'm a Miami fan, I am not sold on Manny Diaz. Oh, I, I, I mean, there's a very select, you know, five or ten percent that that really think that you just have to give a coach time, and and it's the same five or ten percent, you know, that that thought Taggart needed more time after you know going nine and twelve in his first twenty one games. Um, the problem is, I don't think they'll do counting. anything. Yeah. Not right. that I'm scarred from that. Uh, the problem is I don't think they'll do anything this early, you know. But no, they won't. The, which I, with, I get. The thing with Florida State is, I think we all. I think we looked the same. I mean, the first half against Boise obviously looked very different. But if you look at Florida State against Boise State, and then you look at Florida State against Miami, it was the same team all year, right? Like just the same mistakes, the same issues. Miami has been so up and down that it is, it's just crazy. Or I don't think Florida State has been like that. Like I think they've been the same, whatever you're going to call it. Consistently bad right? is what we're, yeah. Yeah, however you want to label it, right? Like they're going to go six and six. I we just are think who we thought they were. Yeah, I think Florida State has just been average all year and against good right. teams or against bad teams, you know, against Miami. They've lost the games they were supposed to lose. And they've won most of the games they were supposed to win, and you know there's a little bit of variance in there. But Florida State's just been this average team all year, and I think Miami. Miami's been bipolar, very up and down. They were the, they're the first team ever to lose three games when favored by two touchdowns, um, and then they were favored by thirty against Central Michigan and won by five. So. Against bad teams, Miami's played very, very poorly. Against good teams like Florida and Virginia, who was ranked coming into Miami this year, um, they've they've played pretty well and kept their head above yeah. water. Um, but against FIU, they they were terrible in an, in a game up at FSU. Not that FSU is good, but they were an underdog there on the road in Tallahassee in a rivalry game and and really dominated that game. Um, so Miami has just been, like you just said, so bipolar that it's kind of weird, right? Like Florida's been, right. Florida's 
played up and they've played well most games and they've been consistently above average most games. I mean, they didn't play their best against yeah, Georgia, but I they played above Florida their heads. I think against in LSU. general has kind of tracked upward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, the Georgia game is, is the exception to that, which, you know, Georgia's also a very good team. So sometimes you got to give credit to the opponent um, for that. But yeah, no, I think that that's true. I think you could say that Florida State and Florida have tracked pretty consistent throughout the the course of the season. I would say that Florida's trajectory has been a little bit more upward than Florida State's has, but consistent, you know, both of them. But Miami, you're right, has been all over the freaking map. Which Which is somewhat understandable, I guess, you know, with a new coach. But, I mean, it's not so much a new coach as it is a coach that was there, um, before, Last year, and then, you know, yes. and that's a lot of his guys. And so um, very strange to see, very weird to see. I mean, they dominated that Florida State game. But, I mean, if you look back, I don't think either team really dominated it. I think Miami just hit on some huge chunk plays. Like Florida State drops right. a pick, Miami hits a bomb the next play. I mean, that's a that's a big swing, right? So, right. you know, I don't know. But it, it was great watching it. Some of the jokes on social media afterwards <laughs> were fantastic. I think the biggest takeaway from this game is Miami seems to have the most delusional fan base, right? Like just the Completely fan base that, that, I don't know, I read the tweet last or in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, Miami hasn't has won their division one time since being in the all canes conference, never won the, the conference. Um, Which do you realize when, I mean, and you, you probably do realize this, but I don't know if our listeners all realize when, when the ACC, when Miami joined the ACC, which was what, 16 years ago, they specifically the way that they structured it, they put Florida state and Miami on separate sides of the conference on purpose, because the thought was they would always be meeting in the conference championship game, right? They have yet to meet in the conference championship game since Miami joined the conference, but the conference was literally structured around the concept that those two teams would meet every year. Yeah. And it'd be a rematch every year, obviously, it never right. happened once, you know, and so that's pretty crazy that it, it has not happened one time in the 16 years. I think Miami has been to the conference championship one time, right? Yeah. And I would and think, not against Florida State. So they I would say Florida State's probably been there, what, seven times ish. I, I mean, obviously right. I could look that up, but obviously they went three or four years in a row. Here, they went three years in a row and won all three of them. Um, they were there in, I don't know, three or four, and then made it one other time. So maybe like six or seven times. Um, Miami's been once. But, yeah, like it's it's pretty crazy that they've never met there. Um, and right now, kind of with the stranglehold that, that Clemson has on the conference, um, even if Miami knows was to make it again, yeah. Even if Miami was to make it again, you know, next year, the year after, whatever, it, it doesn't look like Clemson's coming off that mountain anytime soon. And I, I would think, I, you know, I don't know, obviously, I still don't know what's up with FSU's coaching surge. We'll probably get into that later. But I would think that whenever Florida State does get back, it would mean they've beaten a good Clemson team. And I don't see Miami winning that game either, you know. So, right. um you know, if they were ever to meet. So, you know, hilar- oh, so anyway, 
being a delusional fan, I think that reeling off the five straight wins that Miami was supposed to reel off to win to to finish the year, right? Like they started two and three. They they really should have won their or two and three and four. Yeah. They really should have won their last five games, which would have been winning the last three, beating FIU and then beating Duke last year. I think if finishing eight and four, being in contention for an Orange Bowl, maybe going to an Orange Bowl, um, would have really, really had them uh, cocky and talking smack and ready to go for next year. So does this mean we won't have to hear from them this off season or are we still going to have to hear from them? I think it'll just be less. Like, I I don't know that it'll ever truly go away, uh, but I do think it'll be less. I think that, um, this past off season was pretty obnoxious. Like, I think cause they, whole summer, I don't know if it was false bravado. Well, I think they truly, I don't think a lot of it's false bravado. I think they really thought they were going to beat UF. Um, and I mean, credit to them, whether it was more on them or more on you. I mean, they nearly did, you know, I mean, I, so when you watch that game though, I mean, Florida kept Miami in that game. Miami did not keep Miami in that game. Um, absolutely. But nobody, you know, but once it's won or lost, you know, it's it, it's over. So, right. Uh, anyway, I just think it'll be a quieter off season. I don't think it will be from us because we'll make a coaching hire, and whether it's a good one or not, we'll. And lie then you'll it. be back. Sure, yep. absolutely. Uh, but back for us is a little bit different, right? Like we have more than one title since Color TV came out. So, like, you know, it it's a uh, to me it's a little bit different being back than than when Miami's back every single year, but. Anyway, right. so that game was fantastic. I don't really have anything else on that. It, it was great to see FIU. FIU beat a bad team, right? Like, that's what you're supposed to do with bad teams. You're supposed to <laughs> beat you bad watch, teams, and, and that's what they did. Did you watch Miami players on the sideline doing their silly little dance down two touchdowns, and then later <laughs> FIU players mocking them doing the same dance? Yes, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> like, that's what should happen. I. <laughs> I, mean, I was, was like, just hilarious. what kind of jackass coach is letting his players <laughs> act like a complete fool on the sidelines down two touchdowns to the local high school team? Yeah. Like, come on. Absolutely insane. So, I mean, but that's just what they do. That's the funniest thing to me. And so, okay, so I get sick of the Bucks defense, uh, defensive backs doing this too. And really all DBs do. But nothing drives me crazier than somebody celebrating like super obnoxiously when they're losing, especially losing right. by multiple scores. Like there's nothing okay. worse than breaking up a pass on like first and 10. Like it's not even that important, but breaking up a pass on chest. first and 10, pounding your chest, pointing a guy in the face and your team's down by 17 points. And I'm just right. like, Agreed. also this is Florida state is notorious for this. Uh, breaking up a pass and celebrating it, pointing at the wide receiver, and then getting called for a pass interference on the same play. Like, that is, <laughs> right. uh, there is nothing that I love seeing more than that. And, and that happens uh, quite often, I feel like, at Florida State. And they're just like, I am really their arms sad up. y'all don't have the turnover backpack this year, by the way. That was, that's the second that was, best, <laughs> that was the second best thing to go this year. 
um, from Florida State. <laughs> so um, that really was my favorite. I'm pretty sure it was from the outlet by our house, the Michael Kors yeah, outlet. Oh I think gosh, I've seen that yeah. back then. We got there. it for like sixty three dollars. Um, right. You got to keep on for twenty dollars off your next trip. <laughs> yeah, and and the Miami players do that, but that that's. But that's what those props and stuff like. You almost can't even play blame the player for dancing because that's what all those pl- all those props do. If I could speak, that's what all those props are, right? Like they'll be down two, three scores, and they'll get up. Like this happening is Virginia Tech. I, they were down like three scores. They were down twenty eight to nothing or twenty one nothing, and they they scored a touchdown to cut it to like three touchdowns, and they turn pulled out the touchdown rings, and well, they're celebrating you know, and think- they're taking fake pictures with it and stuff. So like. The coaches are instilling I, that. I think what the coaches, more than likely what's happening in the locker room is that coaches are saying, like, we got to get our old swag back. We're the U. You know, we have these national championships from the 80s or whatever. And in the 80s, they did have swag or whatever you want to refer to it as. And they did have uh, props and stuff. But I think that what's lost on these players is that you kind of earn the right to do that. You don't just, like, create the tradition and bring it out even though you haven't won any games or your team is terrible or whatever, like this is something that comes with the wins, not before the wins. Um, it, it, I don't know. I feel like it's an attitude that you almost have to earn and they didn't earn it. That's why it's amusing to us as opposed to intimidating to other fans. Well, and not to get on an entire conversation about our society, but nobody earns anything anymore, right? Like all of these kids are just given everything. They're given these high ratings they're told how great they are they're all four well none of them are five stars but they're all three and four stars down there playing for miami um they've been coddled their whole life they're working with a new staff a new old staff that knows the team is on the verge of a breakdown and this is not just miami's team like every kid in america right now is a baby but you (laughs) know I don't know. I just think it's indicative of the culture. Like no kids have to earn anything these days. Like players walk in as true freshmen and get, you know, whatever number they want. They don't have to work for this spot or that spot. Well, that's because these coaches spend two to four years kissing these guys ass, telling them how they are the best thing since sliced bread. They're going to get on campus and rule the world essentially. And then they get there thinking that all of those things are true. So then the coaching staff has to figure out how to break it to them that like, hey, you're a freshman and you have all these guys who we told the same things to for, you know, the three previous years that are all ahead of you. Um, and, you know, and kind of, I guess, break them down and start over. And that is that's part of the negative stuff that comes with the way that we recruit now, I think. And, you know, the transfer portal has also made it worse because, oh, you're not happy. You don't you don't Just have the leave. playing time you want. You yeah, can leave. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, and I know the transfer portal has worked out for some, but honestly, for most, it doesn't work out. You know, we we hear about the kids that like the Jalen Hurts that, you know, leave one program for another. And and I think he's a he's the exception to the rule. I think that, you know, he's at any other program in America and he's the starter immediately. It just happened to work out the way that things did at Alabama. And I'm totally good with him leaving. So I'm not knocking him for that. But like his story is the exception, not the rule. Yeah, I agree for every. For every Jalen Hurts, for every I think even Kelly Bryant made made a good decision to leave. Sure. I think Joe Burrow, it's worked Clearly. out for him. But you and, know, and for, for, field, for every and, you know, there's a few. Yeah, but these guys were also like 
you know, those four specifically, and I know Bryant's not really in the level that the other ones are in, but I mean, he's a good player too. But for, I mean, for those guys, they were going to be great anywhere, right? And, right. you know, for somebody like, you know, not to disparage a kid, but for somebody like Tate Martell, I mean, he was probably mm-hmm. going to have the struggles that he has anywhere. You know, but by the same token, like that KJ Osborne kid that was at Buffalo last year and, and transferred down to Miami, he's had a nice season. Their quarterback play hasn't been great, and he probably could have had, you know, bigger numbers somewhere else, but he's had a good year. You know, so, I mean, Trayvon Grimes and stuff, AUF, I mean, Hornybrook got to come in and, and have a little burn at FSU. I mean, it hasn't been great there, but again, he's just kind of one that you would say probably would have just been mediocre anywhere, right? Like, it, the problem wasn't Wisconsin for him. The problem wasn't Ohio State for Tate Martell. It was Justin Fields, you know, so... Right. Um, right. But yeah, I think as more and more time goes on, and we haven't talked about the portal a ton, but I, we we actually have talked about it just a heck of a lot on the on the roll up. But um, I think as time and time time more and more time goes on, you know, the portal won't be just this new shiny object that it is it is right now. People understand, man. Unless you're one of these just elite elite talents, the the portal is not going to do much for you, right? Like if you right. need to get home for a family situation or you need to do this, that, and the other, but just pop and ship, I mean, it's not the free agency that we thought it was, right? Or that the kids well, it thought it was. I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think we ever it, it's thought that it was. The kids I think it's thought the kids thought it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think you, I mean, again, like we've said, it works out some of the time. Like um, Grenard would be somebody that you could look at, like at Florida that has, that has, Obviously, it was incredibly successful for him. But I think that's different when you're at a program, let's say, that um, you've put together great seasons, but your program maybe isn't, um, you know, like in the national spotlight, like like Louisville, for example. But you've put together strong seasons, and so then you are you graduate and you have a year of eligibility left, and so you want to go to a place where you're going to get bigger exposure or something like that. Like maybe there's a an argument to be made for the transfer portal in that situation. Not winning the starting job and pouting about it is that is where it doesn't work out more often than not. Yeah, I know there's exceptions to every rule. Sure. But, it, you know, well, I don't know. Uh, I think the ex- exception is the rule that you just have to be a phenomenal talent, right? Like uh, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm. Not that I think they're either one's like a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, but I mean, they're both cute, good QB. Like, that's the situation to leave. Justin Fields, that's the situation to leave. Tay Martell, not a situation to leave. You know, like right. that, that, you know. So anyway, I mean, I get it. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, you know, maybe I'm going to correct that thought. I don't know that there's much of a difference, but again, he went somewhere and didn't start there either. You know, so that's kind of the, right. It's not. I guess there's not much of a difference, right? In the in the way they transfer. I guess I'll take that back. You know, I don't. I think it's wrong to say, oh, if you're good at this position or if you're a better talent, you should be able to transfer or not. I think it's just the expectation you have and the proof all kind of comes out in it, right? Like, right. you know, I think Justin Fields should have every bit – or Tate Martell should have every bit of a right to transfer as Justin Fields does, but – He does, in, but you can look at just, both situations yeah, and see you, you can where see. the – What's going to happen? Yeah. Who isn't? But that's where having good people around you, or you know, parental figures, even even coaches at your current program. Like I, we've heard stories about coaches 
being okay with guys leaving like Dan Mullen, when he um, did the little, whatever the Gator booster tour where we went around, I went and saw him speak in Tampa and he talking about Kyle Trask. And obviously this is before Frank's got hurt. Cause it's before the start of the season. And he said that he had the conversation with Kyle Trask about like, you know, uh, do you want to look elsewhere? Or do you want to stay or whatever? As soon as he had announced that Franks had won the starting job and Kyle Trask obviously chose to stay. But I think there are situations where coaches could say like, look, hey, I think you're good enough to play. But the guy ahead of you at your position here is better. And so, you know, maybe that honesty from the head coach could could play a role in here. But I think there's just there's too much of guys thinking the head coach has it wrong. The talent has been evaluated wrong. I'm better. So I'm leaving for greener pastures as opposed to like, maybe I really am not good enough at this. I need to work harder. I need to hit the weight room. I need to hit, you know, the film room, whatever. Um, I think that there's just this attitude of it's, it's gotta be that I'm being evaluated wrong. Which, which, which does happen, but doesn't happen often. Yeah, but it doesn't happen often. I mean, these guys, that these multi-millionaires are misevaluating who should be playing and who shouldn't because I, their literal job is on the line for it, right? Like, exactly. I, they, I mean, right. they know what they're doing. These universities have entrusted them with, like I said, millions and millions of dollars, even more in resources, even more in the, the university's reputation they know more than a 19 year old kid. Well, like and they that's just what do. Always... every kid believes in themselves. Like you should think you're the best, but sure. I mean, let's be real here for a minute. Well, this is the thing that drives me nuts also about, you know, fans that think that they know who should be starting at any given position. It's like these coaches, this is literally their livelihood. They are not playing favorites because they'd rather make this kid happy than keep their own job. They're playing who they think gives the team the best chance to win. And I I mean, I think you see it at quarterback more than any other position, but uh, I would say maybe running back second to that. Um, Everybody having an opinion on who should start or who should whatever. And everybody knows better than the coach. And I, that's what I always tell people like, this is literally this person's livelihood. They're making the best decision that they possibly can or what they truly believe is best for the team, not best for the individual player because their job literally depends on it. Unless you have a team that is just setting the world on fly, on fire, right? Ohio State this year, I mean, Clemson's played very well this year compared to, you know, they've done well for what they're supposed to do. Um, LSU, probably Georgia, Alabama, all these people. No, outside of those teams... Um, and maybe a couple more, but I'm not going through the whole top 10. Uh, there is nobody on a roster that a fan base loves more than the backup quarterback. Like, cause they right. all, I mean, it, it just, it happens everywhere. Like yeah. Florida state fans begged for James Blackman for an entire season last year. And then as soon as he was, his, as soon as he got his chance this year, they wanted Hornybrook. Right. And then right. as soon as Hornybrook got his chance, they wanted Jordan Travis. Right. So, right. You know, and Florida Florida fans did the same thing. It's 
Well, oh, Florida we, fans we are want currently tra- doing you know, the same thing yeah, we, uh, about Emory Jones. When Kyle Trask has, depending on what stats you're looking at, the second or third best stats in the entire SEC. And if Fromm and Burroughs are gone, if if they are gone, he will literally be the best quarterback returning in the SEC. And Gator fans are still clamoring for somebody else. Not not good enough. You need a backup. So, um Although I do, I do get some of their argument with wanting a guy with legs and stuff like that, and so, you know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the exception is, what the rule is. Like always, always with the backup. So, um, right. All right. So, speaking of speaking of the Gators, we've got. So we went from a bye week to to being opponents this week. So, um, I mean, I know what you think is going to happen in the game. We probably think the same thing is going to happen. But tell me, tell me what you expect this weekend. How much do you expect to see Emory? Maybe that's a good question. Um, and then, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on this weekend's game coming up? So I don't think we're going to see Emory Jones a lot, um, only because if we don't see him in games where Florida doesn't uh, – where there's no risk from the opponent. I, and, and I mean, I know always there's always some risk depending on, you know, no matter what, you, it's not like you go into a game knowing you're going to win. However, when you go into a game against some of these, you know, sisters of the blind and stuff that you should absolutely win in my mind, that's, that's the situations and the times that you would maybe give Emery Jones the ball more to, you know, whatever, get him the reps, see how he does and whatnot. And because Florida really hasn't done that, I would kind of be surprised if they chose to do it in a game that is, you know, not decided prior to kickoff. Um, so, I, you know, I I would say we see him mm, four to five plays, maybe. I don't think we see him more than that. I will be surprised if we do. I'm kind of surprised how Mullen has handled um, Emory Jones the entire season, which makes me wonder um, – it makes me wonder what's going on behind the scenes. And I don't have any inside information on this. So Gator fans don't freak out that I'm telling you, uh, you know, that, that he's got some issues behind the scenes or anything like that. Cause I'm not, but sometimes when these players are hyped, um, and we don't see them, it's because they either are struggling with the playbook or some other kind of, um, you know, I don't know something like that in the locker room. So it makes me wonder, what's going on there because I would have thought um, that we would have seen him more. But again, that was a really long way of saying, I don't think we see him very much at all. I think Florida scores, I don't know, 40 to 47 ish points this game. I think they put up a lot of points. I think Dan Mullen is purposefully going to, uh, to do his best to put on a show. And I think that it could be the difference between a new year six or not for Florida. So I really do think it's important that they put up a lot of points, but I, you know, it's going to be loud. I I'm interested to see who Mr. Two bits is. I'm interested to see what the energy in the stadium is like, because Florida fans have done a lot better job this year of bringing it. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really good game to be a Gator fan. How, how much do you expect Florida state to score? So if you guys score 40, 41, 44 ish, you don't think you hit fifty? Is that a, is that an mm-hmm. official prediction? Um, I I mean I don't know I don't uh I don't think we hit fifty, but so I I mean I how, would take it. So, 
I think one I, of the you know. So tell me about what do you expect Florida State to do in this game? I, I mean, not bet much. Florida State does not score more than thirteen points. Okay, that's uh, my. Somebody on Twitter bet me that we wouldn't score. I don't know if it's six or more than six, but either way, I took that took that line for for twenty bucks. So, so Florida has only given up one touchdown in the swamp all season long, and it was to Auburn. So I, I would think be, Florida State's offense might be better than Auburn's, and I and I am not uh, big on Florida, Florida State. I'm State's not high on offense them. Maybe better than Auburn's was that day. Yes, I don't know sure. if I yeah, think I, that they are necessarily better than them overall looking at the entire body of work the co- course of the season. But I think that there's a chance that Florida State's offense is better than Auburn's was the day that they played Florida. But I do think that's a pretty compelling stat. You've had, what, five home games so far this year. This will be the sixth, and they've given up one touchdown. Like That's pretty impressive. Um, I think it's so impressive I, to... I think it's measured impressive. Is that even how you can say that? I don't know how you can say that. Um, not to... Relatively <laughs> impressive? Is yeah, that where you're... people are going to get upset at me saying this. Um, I mean, what's not impressive about that is those opponents are Tennessee Martin, Towson, Tennessee... Right. They've, they've played their best or their hardest games in Auburn. And Auburn, uh, yeah. Their best games on the road. Their their hardest games, excuse me, on the road for sure. Um, so I, but so I, mean, I, and not to take away from Florida's defense completely, but I just think that says a. I, it's impressive for the Auburn game, and then I think the other four it just well the, the, the other four are though you do have to take into consideration that by the end of all of those games, Florida's playing second and third string guys. Um, you know, outside of the Auburn game, which would have had starters the whole time through. So the fact that there wasn't even a garbage TD given up, though, by a guy who is going to see six plays the entire year, I think, yeah, uh, you know, is probably impressive. But Probably a little better. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Vandy game was close in the first quarter and a half. So, you know, I kind of get that one. Florida really poured it on late there. The Towson and Tennessee, Martin. You know, Florida's players, yeah. Florida's second and third stringers are better than their starters. Are still better, for sure. And so, yeah, and then um, Tennessee pulled, I'm, I would think that Tennessee pulled a lot of their guys in that game too, but I just don't remember. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. But I'll, I mean, I'll take I just, Florida State over those other four teams on each of those yeah, days too. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, so I'll take say, FSU over six points is just what I'm saying against right, that. Uh, against that I'm going to say 41 <laughs> 13 is my score prediction. So a point um, better than last year. Right. Um, I think it'll be something like that, right? Like, so I think my, my thoughts are that Florida, I don't know. Florida should just honestly run the ball. We're so bad against the run. I think that. Yeah, but Florida, Florida can't run the ball. So. Well, this is going to be whatever the opposite of an immovable force and uh, what I, you know, whatever the or uh, immovable object. And, and I don't know what the cliche or the analogy here that I'm looking for is, but Florida State has not stopped the run all year. They got gashed by 
BC, by ULM, by just every team that we play, Boise State, it has really just been an all-year thing. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, I I would be shocked if Florida scored any less than 31. I think the over-under right. is 54. Which and the com- line's 18, right? Or 19? 18 or 19? Yeah, so... The line is 18, the over-under is 54, so that projected score would be, Vegas is <laughs> saying it's going to be, it's, Vegas so is saying it's going to be. So my prediction is exactly that, because 13 and 41 is 54. Right, but your spread isn't there, so you need to bring right. your, so the projected uh, score would be 38 to 16, right, which is close, right, right? close to what you've got. Um, take a field goal away from us and give it to you. A more realistic score is probably 37-17. Like that's a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, based on Vegas, like that's a little bit easier to get to than 38-18. and 18. I don't right. see us kicking six field goals. Um, but I'd be shocked. To, I, I would be shocked if Florida scored any less than 35. Um, you know, and, and I don't see Florida State getting to 17. Um, I could see Florida State scoring a touchdown on, you know, a really good drive where they move the ball, where they're efficient, where they're effective. I could maybe see Florida State scoring again, either on a Florida mistake where Florida State gets the ball in a short field or a Florida mistake like a busted coverage or Terry just running by somebody. It's going to be a a busted coverage or something. That's where where it will come from. So I could see Florida State getting two scores like that. Like one where they go down and they earn it. It might be early. It might be coming out of the half where it's kind of schemed up. And, you know, in those first 10, 15 plays, our offense typically has started well. Um, Maybe we go down and get a touchdown early and it's, you know, a lot of teams do that, you know, because they've they've drawn up those plays. They've worked on them all week. They're all scripted. Mm-hmm. And then when, right. when the rubber reads, meets the road, they're not able to keep it up. Florida's defense, <laughs> right, that's worries, where the wheels fall off. Florida's defense worries me less than they have in most seasons. Um, Agreed. Even, even when Florida State was really good. I mean, I knew Florida had a good defense. Um I well, this will is say the first was, year in a long time that we, I mean, we've talked about this where Florida's offense is more reliable than Florida's defense. Absolutely. So, I, you know, would I be shocked if Florida State got to 20 points? No, but I, I don't expect it. And so right. I think kind of a dream scenario for Florida State is just that Florida has another one of those four or five turnover games like they did against Auburn, like they did against Miami. And just hope you can capitalize. I don't expect that. I think that there's maybe a five to ten percent chance that Florida State wins this. You know, if, if both teams played ten times, I think Florida State maybe wins two, probably wins one, and that's on Florida's mistakes. So I don't know. I, I don't expect a Florida State win. I really don't even expect them to keep it close. But I mean, something like thirty-one to twenty would thrill me. Like, I, I, I if you offered me an eleven-point loss right now, I would absolutely take it without even blinking an eye in a rivalry game. I sound like such a terrible fan saying that. I don't know. I just feel like I'm more of a realist than most people are. I think if you would have asked Florida fans in 2013 if they would take an eleven-point loss, they would say no, just because they're not being realistic. Um, right. But like, you know. 
I would I would take that without a doubt right now. Um, so anyway, we'll see what happens, but I don't have a lot of faith. I do have a lot of faith in the fact that the tailgate's going to be great. I'm going to have a fantastic time in Gainesville um, because I'm a realist and don't, you know, think my team's going to just go in and upset a top 10 team in the country when they're having one of their worst years ever. Uh, I think Florida fans like me and I'll get very little crap. Um, and so I plan on having a great day on Saturday. So I can't wait. I mean, it'll be fun. I'm excited that it's a 7:30 kick. We talked about this last week, mainly because my older children can be in bed so that I can actually focus on watching this game. But you know, and we, we've you talked about this in the past. On the younger children. Uh, no, <laughs> they sleep a lot. They're it's fine. They're they're fine. I'm gonna focus on the game. There's only one left. Come on. Um, but I, you know. It's a rivalry game, and we do have to remember that. But I honestly, um, I honestly think that Florida needs style points to get into a New Year's Six. I know that you have said you're pretty confident Florida will go to the Cotton Bowl. I honestly think that with Oregon having lost, um, I think that there is a decent chance that LSU pounds Georgia. They're obviously then in the playoffs. Because they pound Georgia, Alabama gets into the playoffs. And that the Sugar Bowl actually takes Florida over Georgia. I think if it's a bad enough loss um, to LSU that 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 potentially happens and Florida could end up in the Sugar Bowl. Um, That would be – it's obviously an ideal situation for Florida. But I think that there's a possibility for that. But I think that – style points this week matter for there to be a chance for that to happen. So, and I think Dan Mullen knows that. And I think, um, I, so I really do think that Florida will be looking to make a statement. Hmm. I am thinking about that. So I, I absolutely agree that I think Mullen will try to make a statement. I think anytime there's uncertainty around a program, you know, like there is with Florida state with no coach, uh, early signing day is, 18 and 7, 25 days away. Right. I think that Mullen will There'll be a lot of recruits in the stands. Make, yeah, trying to make a statement. I think that, you know, I think that he'll try and win the game like he did last year by 30 points, right? Or I guess it was 27. Right. Um, you know, that said, going back to, I, I don't think there's any, I mean, obviously there's always a chance, but because of LSU's defense, I don't see a realistic chance that they blow Georgia out, blow them out. Like they may win by like seventeen. I mean, but I don't think it gets I like. Think it, I don't think it gets laughable just because. I don't think LSU. I mean, LSU can't stop Ole Miss right now. LSU can't stop. I mean anybody, and so I mean Georgia I just Georgia struggled will, with Texas A and M this past week. And they only I put up Texas 19 A&M's, points against them. I think Texas A&M's defense is better than LSU's. Pound for pound, I think. I don't know I about that. I, don't, I, I think LSU's defense is not what LSU's defense has been in years past. But I don't know. I, think, I just I, – I also – I mean, and I hate the transitive property, but I mean, I think Florida scored really well on LSU. Florida's got a good offense. I just think Georgia will too. You know, I think – 
I mean, you got to think you get the best version of Georgia that shows up. It's the SEC championship game. I mean, they they know how to get up for big games. Um, so, I mean, I, I I don't know. I just think that there is a possibility it that the door is not closed on a New Year's Six for Florida. They're up to eight in the coaches poll. Oh, I, th- uh, I think if- you guys go. I think you absolutely get a New Year's Six because the I mean the Cotton Bowl is a New Year's Six. It's not as sexy yeah. as the Sugar Bowl. But I mean, I, right. I definitely think you guys get that. I just, I, I guess my argument, I just don't see, I don't see LSU blowing them out by like more than twenty four or something crazy like that. Like yeah. they could win by yeah. 17. But if they lose by twenty four, I think that there's still a possibility that Sugar takes Florida over Georgia. Maybe I think, I do think the SEC championship will be. I don't know. I'd be shocked if it was by 24, but I guess we'll see. I, I yeah. Mean, I, I mean, don't it'll think be interesting. I think they'll win by. I think they'll win by 10 to 13 ish. Like LSU has just done a, a poor job of, you know, really just giving up a ton of yards to bad teams. I think right. Georgia has shown an innate ability to get up for really big games. Looking at Notre Dame. Looking at Florida. Um, looking at Auburn. Um, and I think they'll get up for LSU, and I think they'll play fairly well. I also think I think Georgia's defense. I'm, it's not like I'm going to talk myself into picking Georgia here. I am not picking Georgia in this game, but I also think that Georgia's defense is uh, is is better, better than, than maybe they get credit for. Yeah, I mean they. They held Florida really well. They held Auburn really well, which you talked about Auburn's offense isn't awesome. Um, they held Notre Dame down really well. Um, even the game they lost, you know, was really more off of Fromm's turnover. So I, I think Georgia, uh, answer this, pound for pound, who has a better defense, Georgia or LSU? It's a great question. I don't know. Um as I mean, I could see where the argument would be for Georgia. I just, as, I don't and know. I, and I, I'm not talking myself into Georgia winning this game, but as far as yards per game given up, Georgia has the right, fifth Georgia's best better. defense in, in the country, not even just the SEC um, in the country. LSU's yards per given up, yards per game given up is, uh, I wonder if I've passed them because I'm down really far. Control F. Huh. LSU. Um, it can't be very good. It's behind Memphis. It's behind Baylor's. It's behind Virginia's. It's behind A&M's. It's behind Miami's, which Miami's got a good defense. Um, I wish these were ranked so that I could see how far down they are, but there's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, 28, 30, 32, 34, 36, 38, 40, 42, 44. So like the 44th ranked defense. So anyway, I just don't see them blowing them out. I could be wrong, but I'm not trying to dash your votes. I've argued with you a lot tonight just because it's rivalry week and I can't argue about my team. So, um, that's all right. I don't mind the arguing. Uh, (laughs) I'm good at that. That's okay. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think especially with UCF fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, with Oregon, Utah, I think there's a decent chance Oregon beats Utah. I just, I just have this feeling that LSU and Alabama are both getting into the playoffs because that happens. 
because I think that happens, I think it just opens the door for Florida. Um, but we shall see. I think so, it'll be interesting. I, I Go ahead. So talking about that, I want to ask you something about that. So, and anyway, I, I still think Florida makes the cotton bowl. I mean, you know, yeah. in that kind of scenario, I could see them making the sugar, I guess, but you know, I think they make the cotton bowl. Um, that said, I mean, the sugar bowl, the sugar bowl with Florida against Oklahoma, I think would be a ton of fun. I don't know that I don't know how fun Georgia against Oklahoma would would actually be, but you know, we'll we'll see. I just don't feel we've talked about this so much. I just don't know how into it Georgia would be. Yeah, I don't um, think Georgia would be into it like Florida would be into I, I it because for Florida, it would be um a chance to prove a, themselves. A, yes. Georgia's exactly. a let Georgia's a letdown, especially Correct. considering this would be the year that Tua goes down. Like right here is right. So the door is, is cracked Georgia's open for chance. you. And uh and there's And it also would be the it. third year in a row that they would just not get it done. Yeah. So Oregon's out. We 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 talked and I yeah, tried Oregon's to make out. a case for Oregon going back like six weeks ago when we started this thing. And they almost pulled through for me, right? Like, I think if they'd have found – and they almost did. So, I don't know if you – did you stay up and watch that? That game was I did. fantastic mm-hmm. last night. Um, I thought they were going to come back and win. If on third and, what, 15 or 16, if Arizona State doesn't hit that bomb, they give the ball back to Oregon there, and Oregon goes and scores and, and wins that game uh, without a doubt. But they couldn't pull it off. Arizona State wins it. Um, Oregon's out of the playoff conversation, but still kind of alive in the Pac-12. Um, well, and so, they can impact it as well because they will play Utah. Utah's moved up to number six in the AP polls. They're in a position, although I don't know for sure that it would happen even if with the Utah win, but Oregon is definitely in a position to play spoiler um, and, it, you know, obviously ensure that Utah doesn't get there. But, yeah. you know, I and have winner, said all along. The winner of that game, at worst, gets the Rose Bowl, right? Which, right, it, right. We've Which about for the Utah not, would be great. Yeah, and I really think for both of them it would, right? Like Oregon's kind of probably disappointed that they didn't make it after losing Arizona State. But I don't think Oregon had really, really big like national title type contention hopes going into this year anyway. I don't think Oregon wants any of the teams that they would potentially play in the playoffs. I think, I think like they're the, probably like, I think they'd Phew. like the check that comes along with it more than anything. Right. But, well, true, true that, but I mean, we, I, you we, know, I we'd go been, take, we'd go take a 70 point beating for the check that comes along with it. If there was I saw way. a thing that was saying like the difference between a new year's six bowl and a regular bowl is like, I don't know, something stupid, like $10 million difference when you add up the what you get paid to go revenue from tickets and whatever else. Like, yeah, we can call these bowls uh, insignificant or, or say they're meaningless, but in terms of the check, they're not. So um, with Oregon out, um, obviously the scenario is we'll assume LSU wins – We'll assume that Ohio State wins their next two, and we'll assume that Clemson mm-hmm. wins their next two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, right. I guess LSU has to win their next two as well. So, like, everybody's got two games left, one rivalry right. game and then one conference championship. Well, let's assume those three happen, right? Like, let's assume Georgia doesn't upset LSU 
and make things really, really weird, which I, I guess my little disclaimer will be, if that happens, then LSU and Georgia are just, they both go, right? That That's kind of my take on yeah. that is yeah. LSU still has to get in over Bama, and they're still the best one-loss team out there. So, um, But let's assume that doesn't happen, right? LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson, in some order, finish top three. Um, obviously, if Alabama loses to Auburn, I don't. I don't think that happens either. I haven't seen a spread on that just yet, but I, I do want to look at it. Um, let's say Alabama loses to Auburn. Um, Oklahoma beats Baylor. Utah beats Oregon. Oklahoma also beats Oklahoma State, who they're playing this weekend. Uh, who who deserves to get in more? Oklahoma, Utah. Is it more of a deserves thing? Is it who would be the better team at that point in your eyes? Who gets put in? Um, I would say that you've got to probably say Utah deserves it more. I think Oklahoma is better than Utah. And so in terms of if we're looking at eye test and we're looking at four best teams, then it's Oklahoma. If you're looking at most deserving, then it's Utah. Um but I mean, and all of this is hinging on the the concept that Alabama loses to Auburn, which we both don't think happens. But um, I mean, that definitely would make things, you know, a little a little crazy. Which I I kind of like chaos at the end for all of this. If my team is not in, I kind of root for chaos. Um, but I, I honestly don't think that any of that stuff. Oh, not that any of that stuff happens. I don't think Alabama loses to Auburn, so I think it doesn't matter that the if the other stuff happens. So I don't think Alabama loses to Auburn. But the one thing I will say is that right now that game is in Auburn, and it is a three-point spread. Alabama is a three-point favorite. And my 100% have – I, I don't know if I've talked about this. Have I talked about this to you yet? I think we have talked about it because we talked about it with Auburn, the Auburn game that you guys had and everything else. My 100% rule of degenerate gambling advice is you always take a three or, point, three or less point underdog at home, like 100% of the time. Um, or you just don't play it, right? Like I will not play a three-point favorite on the road ever. Um, well, my degenerate – Betting Auburn, advice is yeah, never, never bet against, against Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. So I know. <laughs> um, Auburn was a three-point underdog coming to the swamp. I'm sorry, Auburn was a three-point favorite coming to the swamp this year. I feel like, and I don't have like what the actual metric numbers are on to back that up. Um, you can go check out some gambling website for that. But the line opened up at Bama minus three, and I think that, that is just. I don't want to say that game is a coin flip. But man, without Tua, I don't know See, that. I, I here's just... my thing about without Tua, which I think obviously that spread is because they are without Tua. But this is my thing: until Jalen Hurts, Alabama under Nick Saban never had more than a game manager, ever. And so I don't think that it's scary to Nick Saban to just go back to potentially a game manager. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it is either, but I do think it's a little bit different when that game manager was in his position for the entire offseason, the whole spring, the fall practices, 
all 11 regular season games and not just having to get thrust into action because of an injury. So I agree with you, but I think it's a little bit different because of that. And right. and I will say Saban's one of the best to equip somebody to to get ready. Like I, you know, he's yeah. not getting thrown in at Arkansas or you know USF or something like that. So I, I agree with you on that, but I I don't know. I think Auburn, I think Auburn's a pretty good team this year. Not like great, but they've. You no, know, they're a good team. Well, when you good, look at their losses teams. are two really good teams. When you they have their loss to Florida, Georgia, and LSU. That's it. And they've beaten Oregon. Um, so and Texas A&M. So I do I unfortunately for Auburn, their schedule has made their record seem like they're a worse team than they are. Yeah. And, and so they, and if they get that fourth loss, it's to Alabama. They played the number one team in the country on the road to a three-point game. We watched that together. They played Georgia to a one-score game and were just oh so close to to winning that game. They, did, they actually played the Gators worse than all of them, right? Like their offense just was absolutely lost that day. Uh, but that game is a little bit wider at 11 points. But, yeah, then they've won everything else. Beat a, beat a good Oregon team to to start the year. So, I don't know. I think Auburn is a little bit better than we think. I think Alabama's defense will let Auburn score a little. Like, I don't think it's going to be crazy. Like, I think it's low scoring. Like, I think somebody wins it 21-17. Um, yeah. 24-21, 24-20, something like that. So, I don't know. I just... I think Alabama wins, uh, but I'm not 100% confident. I'm glad that it's on before so that I can watch it. I mean, it's always a 3.30 on on the last game of the year, but um, I'm glad that it's on before so I can watch it. And yeah, me too. I kind of hope. So, and it's not even like, remember in the past, last week I said, I, or last week, it was like three days ago, but I said that I wanted <laughs> Alabama to not make it so that Florida wouldn't make the Cotton Bowl so that they would be in the Citrus Bowl so I could go. I, I don't even, I don't think there's much of a chance at all that Florida doesn't make the Cotton Bowl. So it's not even for that reason anymore. I just, I just think I would rather, I think I'd rather Alabama not be in the playoff this year. Like I think it'd just be cool to not to see them not in the playoff once. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't think it really matters because they're if they get into this the fourth seed, I I mean I think whoever the fourth seed is just going to get absolutely blown out. But I'm also very interested to see. I think what I think what would be fun is this. I think that if Alabama wins. Especially if they win convincingly, because I guess I could ask this whole question again and just say, like, what if they win by two or three on the road at Auburn is, you know, I think that's a good win. But what if Oklahoma comes out and beats Oklahoma State by 30 and then beats Baylor by 30, right? Beats two ranked teams and just absolutely mows them down. Is there an argument? Where's that go? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I do think that if Alabama wins by like 14 and you just know they're in, it makes the Oklahoma Baylor Big 12 championship and the Oregon Utah Pac 12 championship absolutely meaningless. Like it's not meaningless totally. to those teams, um, but I mean, but it I kind don't of care almost who wins. is if they know that they that they're not going to the playoffs regardless of of 
what happens in their game. Yeah, I think Utah really gets up to try and get into the Rose Bowl, and I think that Baylor really gets up to try and get into whatever that would be, oh, the Sugar Bowl. Um, right. You know, but that's the other thing. If, if Alabama was to lose, those two games going on would just be fantastic. Like, both Utah and Oklahoma would know that they need to win and win big. Probably Man, makes those games like wide open. We used to have the BCS because every game mattered then. Yeah. So anyway, that's my that's my argument for wanting Auburn to win that game. Right. And I'm okay. the guy that's been photographed in Alabama gear. So I mean, I'm always <laughs> kind of down with the tide. So hey, um, I had this to say about Alabama too. And then unless you have anything else on that, we can move on while I ramble. But uh, Alabama plays Georgia next year in week three. In Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. and I have a buddy who owns the best cigar shop. Actually, only I think one of two um, cigar shops called R and R Cigars in Tuscaloosa. Um, my buddy Reagan, I'm going to go up there for that game. Florida State plays Boise State on the road that weekend. Um, that's going to be terrible. To have, have you ever a- been to Tuscaloosa? I have not. No, I've been to Alabama. It's a fun place to see a game. So I'm going to, I just told him that today. I'm going to let him host me. I'm super excited to go and uh, check out Tuscaloosa. Check out, I mean, that's got to be the best game of the weekend in in week three next year. I don't know even what else is happening, but that'll be a top 10 matchup. Oh, heck yeah. Maybe top five at that point. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait for that. I cannot wait Tuscaloosa to go is awesome. there and it is check a that out. really fun place to see a game. Their fans are really hospitable. Um, you will definitely have, especially they'll be hospitable since you don't care who wins. Um, oh, I'm wearing the it, I'm I'm wearing the the Alabama stuff that weekend. I'm going to I'm going to assimilate. It'll be an official visit and uh, maybe if you guys aren't pregnant with twins again by that time next year, you guys can come up too. So, well, uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Hopefully we're not, but we'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be really fun. Speaking of uh, upcoming rivalries or home-and-home uh, home games or whatever, uh, Little Birdie told me that Florida is pretty close to a deal with Notre Dame for a home-and-home. Home. I don't know what years this would be. But it doesn't matter because I will be there for sure. That is a bucket list uh, game for me going to South Bend. But I think that would be a pretty big, um, pretty big matchup for Scott Strickland to have set up if if it comes to fruition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Notre Dame is just. I mean. There's a big debate this week on the on the timeline about how good of a job Notre Dame is. And I think people conflate the the idea of how good a job is with how easy it is to succeed there. And I just think that's a small part of it, right? Like, that's not the whole thing. How good of a job it is has to do with money, resources, um, you know, their path to success, you know, what the culture is like, what the administration is like, and all those things, all those several things. But anyway, all that said... A home-and-home home against Notre Dame would just be absolutely massive for Florida to get to go up there, to play them at home. I was in Doak when we played them in 2014. Um, I think that's the best second half that Jameis has ever played. I mean, he was obviously amazing, you know, kind of in every half in 2013, but he was so good against Notre Dame that half. 
Um, our defense wasn't very good, but we ended up kind of getting a miracle uh, pass interference call that saved us in the end. Um, and and then I didn't go last year because we had the we had the baby, and, and I'm glad I didn't go to that because it was miserable, and so was the game. But uh, yeah, Florida Notre Dame. I I doubt I go to the one up in Notre Dame, but I would absolutely go to the one whenever it happens in the swamp. I just think oh, that'd be so cool. Two teams that never. I mean, have you guys ever played Notre Dame? I, I don't know if that's uh, honestly, I don't know. I would have to look that up. Not that I can recall. I well, I would have to go to South Bend because that South Bend's on my bucket list anyway. I need to see the house that Rockney uh, built, but I. I don't know. I just think that would be really awesome. And coupled with the fact that last week, Florida announced a home and home with Arizona state, which is another um, really cool matchup that we just, I, my dad and I were talking about that today. Actually, it is my dad's birthday, September 15th, my birthday, September 17th. The first game is uh, 2028. It's on September 16th. So, you know, splits the difference between our birthdays. I'll be there. Thousand percent. Um, I just think, you know, hats off to Scott Strickland who has done a really good job and and you know Florida gets a lot of crap about not scheduling out of conference games out of the state of Florida. I think it's a stupid argument because one they play in the toughest conference in college football. They have a top 10 schedule virtually every single year. So there's really not a whole lot of need to make your schedule more difficult when it's in the top 10, but I also think they don't get a whole lot of credit and Florida State doesn't either for having their a permanent out of conference opponent be a program that is a perennial top 25, but, but I mean, better than that most years, um, obviously not the last couple, but in general. Um, so there really isn't, I don't think a necessarily a need in terms of to impress the playoff committee or anything like that, but it's cool for the fans. And so the fact that they have gone out and scheduled all of these teams, um, recently, I think is, is, you know, a, big credit to Scott Strickland and he he's doing a good job, but damn Notre Dame, Florida, that, that is going to be a cool matchup. If that happens, there's some really good and hopefully we get things turned around fairly quickly, but there's some really fun kind of out of conference games that have been scheduled um, recently for both of our teams, actually Miami too. Miami plays. Well, I don't know if that's a home at home, but they play Bama next year. Um, they've got some good ones coming up. We play. Well, we have a home and home with Georgia, LSU, and Bama that have that have all been announced. I mean, I don't really know why we're doing that, but again, I, I don't think it's. Well, like I think you said, this no- is what you do to combat the idea that people are staying home and the stadiums are not full to capacity every single week. You yeah. can't play the the deaf, dumb, and blind when you're competing with people seventy five inch. Well, we do that in our know, spring game. TVs. So. Well, (laughs) you know, you said it, I didn't, but too many jabs at my own team on rivalry week. So (laughs) no, but you're right. You've got to do something because the at home watching experience is just too good. It's even better in the NFL, but you know, it's really like I smoked a brisket and wings yesterday. Yeah. Like it was really nice to just stay home and do nothing all day. Drink free beer, (laughs) you know, smoke a brisket, whatever, you know, and and so you've got to get people to go to the games, and games like that are how you do it. 
or how you do it. Yep. And that it'll be, you know, it'll be sold out. It'll be hyped. If, if, if Florida Notre Dame happens, it'll be game day. I don't care what week of the season it happens. Um, it, you know, it, it would be pretty damn cool. Uh, you know, you, you sent me the rundown and one of the things you had put on it, not to totally pivot, but I'm going to totally pivot. Um, favorite, (laughs) favorite and least favorite memories of Florida, Florida state rivalry. Do you have one? Did you put this down here? Because something comes to mind for you that, that you have to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got favorite. Yeah, I've got a favorite memory as well as a, a least favorite. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? No, you go. You go first. Um, so I think my favorite memory. I know that you hated this one because I, you know, you were tweeting about it this week, and I was tagged in the thread. But the, I know how much you guys hate the O three game. Oh, uh, swindle the, in the swamp. The Ricks to Sam Hail Mary was just I don't know, it was the coolest thing ever. So I'll take it back. I was trying to think. It was an 03. So I was 13 years old. We it, Were obviously you really? Yeah, 2 days after Thanksgiving, like it always is, our thing was to put up the Christmas tree. Um, you know, right after Thanksgiving. So we're watching the game. It's obviously super close late. You guys score to go up and I can remember, and I was not, so I was kind of mischievous. I know this doesn't shock you, but I was kind of like the class clown, but I wasn't like, I was never like openly disrespectful as a kid. Even as a teenager, like I was pretty, like I'd say stuff under my breath or once I went back to my room, but I would never just be like openly, because my dad would have just smacked me in the face. Like there was no like, so anyway, so all that said to say my stepmom was decorating the tree and just kind of like in the way of the TV. And I, it was it was on, I think, the 4th and 14 play that uh, we completed just before the Hail Mary to PK Sam. Um, I think my mom got, my stepmom got right in front of the TV. And I said, good Lord, can you move out of the way? And my dad shot me this glare like I'm going to kill you. And he said, what did you just say? And I said, can I just be punished after the game? <laughs> and he said, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so anyway, so the Hail Mary happens. We win. Super cool moment. I don't even think I got punished. But, um, you know, I was so into it. Me and my dad watched it together. Um, it was just a really, really cool, you know, great finish. Awesome moment. Um, really cool that two years ago, um, right around this time, it might have been this night, Sunday or Monday night, we had Chris Ricks and PK Sam on the phone at the same time on the Big Three roll-up talking about that game and that play, which is really, really cool. We don't often do... Childhood yeah, memory come for, to life. For sure. We don't often do um, interviews of more than one person just because you've already got the three hosts, then you've got right, me on lot. there and then you've got two more people being interviewed. It, it's a lot just in general, but we had everybody on at one time and we were talking about that game. And so that was really cool a couple of years ago to, to talk to those guys and hear them talk at the same time. We, we've done that a couple of times with a couple of Miami players. I don't know if we've ever done two people on at once for, for any UF kind of duos or anything, but um, anyway, so that's probably my favorite memory. I mean, obviously, I loved, you know, beating the heck out of Florida in 2013. I, 
I was on the sideline for the 31-13 game in 2016. I actually had a bench area pass. So there are pictures of me standing like touching Demarcus Walker's shoulder pads like that close to the bench area in 2016. That was a kind of a neat moment to, to watch it from there. My first game in the swamp was the 27-2 win um, a couple of years ago. So and it, some really, really neat ones, but my favorite's got to be that 2003 game. So what about you? Okay, so or do you have any thoughts on favorite, that before we talk? About, yeah, well, let's talk about your least my favorite. My least favorite is that 2003 game. I was in the stands. I was a freshman at Florida. Um, so Oof. I was 19, which that's why when you said you were 13, I was like, ah! Um, I, my, I was actually sitting with my little brother. Um, and first of all, that game was miserably cold for Gainesville. Like, miserably cold. And I'm pretty sure it was also wet. Um, I, like, remember wearing a beanie, which is probably one of like maybe two games that I had to wear that much winter clothes um, to, but the officiating in that game was so terrible that I'm pretty sure that that crew was actually fired um, after that happened. Like the head, the head official was let go. And um, I think the ACC had to issue an apology because it was an ACC crew and that game helped catapult instant replay. Um, because it literally was that bad. And I'm one of those people that even if the officiating sucks, I hate when people blame officiating for a game because there's, you know, there's lots of moments that can change the outcome of a game. And and so I, I think that it's a cop out most of the time, but that was probably the worst officiated football game I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was miserable to watch. Um, but my favorite I have a couple favorites because Florida has had some just some big time games against Florida State. But, uh, you know, 1996 national championship game has to be pretty high up there. Um, It's pretty sweet to win a national championship against your rival. And I was 12 years old uh, that year. And I cut out every single article that the Tampa Tribune wrote about Florida and used it as like wallpaper in my bedroom that year. But I can um, confirm it's still like, it's what the new twins nursery is covered in now. So, <laughs> um, I actually do still have the, I have a framed front page of the Tampa Tribune of, and it's Danny Warfel and he has his hands folded. Like he's praying after, um, a touchdown. I have that frame. Was from he T-bowing or no, but he, he was not T-bowing, but you know, Danny Warfel was T-bow before he was, he was T-bow. He was warfling. Um, he was warfling. Um, ironically when you say that when he won the Heisman that year um, I don't know if you remember Orlando Pace but he was an offensive lineman who was a Heisman finalist which obviously that very rarely happens so that will tell you how good Orlando Pace was but in Danny Warfel's Heisman speech he got up and he said something to the effect of the amount of people that mispronounce my name and Orlando Pace making pancakes we should just get together and make waffles and I don't know why that has stuck with me but that was part of his Heisman speech um anyway that's one of my favorite memories is Florida Florida winning uh the Sugar Bowl and obviously that was back when um the polls determined who the national championship was so even though we thought that game was going to be set up for the national championship game because Arizona state and Ohio state were playing. That's when Jake Plummer was the quarterback for, um, for Arizona state. They were undefeated that year. I think they were 11 and 0 or whatever, uh, maybe 12 and 0 with conference championship game. And they were playing Ohio state and Ohio State's quarterback got hurt. And so their backup Joe Germain had to come in and he had to, 
uh, move the ball 90 yards in the last two minutes to beat Arizona State, and they did, and that's what set up Florida, Florida State for the national championship game. And I like, I feel like that game is imprinted on my brain. Um, every play, it was such a good game. But then after that, I would say 2004 is my next favorite game. That was in Tallahassee. And Eric and I had, had not been dating that long. We'd been dating like two or three months. It was the first time my family was meeting his family, but Eric, um, had a really big tackle in that game, which he was a punter. So obviously tackles don't happen that often. You kind of hope they never happen, but, um, and a picture of that was the front page of every newspaper in the state of Florida, um, the next day. And we have it framed, uh, in our house. And I want to say Willie Reed was the return guy from Florida state. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but anyway, Eric had a huge play in that game. And so that is, that is one of my favorites as well. So, yeah, I've seen that picture. You seem to you seem to share that just about yearly. Um, I do. So, my least favorite moment um, is the entire Tebow era. So, like, I'll just say that like that four years is my least favorite moment, if I can use that. Um, I mean, without a doubt, like it just. You know, again, it, it had to be kind of how you guys felt, I guess, going into games during the Jameis slash McIlwain era, you know, that four-ish years, you know, just kind of, it's, I mean, it's a brutal feeling knowing that you're going into a game and, and really have no shot. You know, Florida made it close the, the one year, um, 2014 it only took four Jameis interceptions for it to be close um but yeah that was brutal that was my high school year so like that's when people you know talk the most smack and everything else but though that that stretch was was really terrible um my least favorite like singular moment this is really really specific but um was 2012 when EJ Manuel got knocked out of the game and probably concussed, but the rules back then just were a little bit different. He did come back in. Um, mm-hmm. Florida State had played terribly that entire game, uh, came all the way back and had the lead, and they were driving the ball. They were on their they were on the other forty, um, and really just moving the ball absolutely at will. Um, I I. I mean, it's hard to say like what would have exactly happened, but Florida State had scored on several drives in a row. They had just scored the drive before to take the lead. Um, EJ gets knocked out, and it's a fumble six, right? So Florida picks the ball up and runs it back. Uh, had that not happened and Florida State gone down and scored, they go up two scores, and Florida's offense was really, really terrible that game. I, I think Florida State ends up going up two scores there and just winning the game. Uh, instead, Florida returns it to take the lead, and Clint Trickett has to come in, goes three and out, and Florida breaks off a big run and, and scores to go up two scores there. EJ comes back in, kind of gets us back in it, but you know, down two scores, we just couldn't do anything. So that's my least favorite singular moment because I really believe that if he doesn't – and the play he got knocked out on that he fumbled on and I think probably got concussed on – uh, he picked up a first down like he was running for a first down and, and that's where he fumbled. So 
anyway, that was just kind of a frustrating play because it was like, you know, today, I mean, he got hit in the head. I mean, today that had been a targeting penalty. That had been 15 yards the other way, whether it was deserved or not. Um, you know, so so anyway. many of my favorite plays would have been <laughs> would have yeah, been considered oh, targeting been, now. Yeah, somebody getting kicked out of a game in the first half of the next one. So that's kind of a weird, you know, 2012 didn't really matter. We both, I mean, Florida State ended up playing. The, I mean, that, that game really wouldn't have changed that much. Florida State would have still just gone to the Orange Bowl and won that one, um, which they did anyway. Florida would have, well, would Florida, yeah, the Florida still would have probably gone to the Sugar Bowl and lost that one because um, they still were in the SEC title game. So it didn't really change much for either season. Um, I, I'm not old enough to remember the 96 national championship. <laughs> uh, so that, I mean, of course, if I could flip something, I would probably flip that, but I mean, I don't have any huge emotion. You're not scarred emotionally. Sure. Yeah. Thing. Like I, I, I really don't celebrate the 93 title, right? Like I'm glad right. we won it. I think it's cool to look back and watch those highlights. Um, but I have a hard time feeling an emotional connection to that title. Just like I have a hard time feeling an emotional connection to, the 96 one that we lost, you know, um, you know, the first kind of stuff I remember was kind of like 98. Like I remember losing to Tennessee. That's, I was going to say that like was first, Florida state, Tennessee first kind of thing I remember. And then I really remember the 99 season, you know, so like 98 is kind of like my first, you know, I mean, you don't just don't have a lot of memories from before you're what, six, seven years old. So, right. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway. So, those are kind of some of my favorites and least favorites. Um, we did a prediction with a couple other rivalry games, and, and we'll get out of here. But uh, Michigan have any chance of keeping it close against Ohio State this weekend? I don't think so. Um, however, I, I, it's now or never for Harbaugh, right? It's just uh, I. Ohio State is just going to continue to improve from here. I feel like if you couldn't, if you can't get it done during, uh, you know, during kind of the turnover season is what I would, uh, you know, handing it over from Urban Meyer to today. I, I don't know when you get it done if it's not this year, but I don't think that they have any shot. Although Michigan has looked better as of late. We talked about Bama Auburn. I think we both like Bama there. Uh, Game day is going to Minnesota, so really cool that it's going there. I think that's the right thing to do. Not like a pity. It's, it kind of feels like a pity. Uh, it is game totally day a visit. pity, a pity game day visit. But but I mean, I mean, I'm okay Alabama, with it. Auburn, I'm okay with that. Alabama Auburn. Just I mean, I know that that's that game is what it is. But like, I can't think of a better rivalry game for them to go to. You know, with Tua being out in Alabama, that game. Uh, you know, it'll always mean everything. Hey, to those I people, think Minnesota but, has earned it. I mean, yeah, they, this is a historic not gonna come season to Gainesville. for them. They're not going to go to. Carolina, they're not going to go see L or LSU, A and M. You know, I, I think it's Michigan, Ohio State. They just were up there last week. You know, so right. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it'll be good. I saw that now that they're going to Minnesota, there's only six Power Five schools left that have never had game day appear there. Do you know what they are? Can I try and guess them? Yeah, try and guess them. I don't. I I know most of them. Try and guess them. Um, I would say. Oh, you know what? This is really a lot harder to guess than I thought. I would say Wake Forest is one. Um, I'm I, I'm trying to find the list. I know um, Duke is one. 
Duke is one makes sense. Um, Cal I would, is one. Do, does Miami technically count because it's not on their like because there is no stadium <laughs> to go to or there how does no that stadium? work? We started this show with shots at them and we're gonna finish it the same way. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I would say that you said Cal is one. Cal is one. Yeah. I mean, I would think Kansas is one, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know if they've been there or not. Um, um, Wake Forest is one. I found the list, by the way. Was Kansas? Um, I'm, look, I'm looking for. Okay, so Kansas is not on the list. So okay. they have been to Kansas. So we we said Wake Forest, Cal, Duke, Duke, and how many are there left? Um, hold on, I because there's like ten. I'm not guessing ten more, but if it's like two, I'll try a couple. No, more. I think it's just a couple more. I want to say there's six now because Minnesota is off of it. Hold on, where did that list just go? Here we go. Okay, all right. So Iowa State. I was gonna say Iowa State because I knew they'd been to Iowa. Um, what about has Syracuse had it? Syracuse is not. That is another Ooh. team on the list. And then my last one is going to be – all right, so don't tell me who, but has every SEC team had it? Every SEC team has had it, yes. Okay, what conference am I missing? And I'll take a guess. Okay. Um, okay, You Big Ten. I'm There's sure Illinois has never 10. had it. Actually, there's three in the Big Ten. Illinois, yep. Uh, I'd be shocked if Indiana had it. And Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers is correct. Indiana has had it, uh, but Maryland has not. Oh, okay. I forget that they're in the Big Ten. I I forget that they're in the Big Ten, but I don't even know if they deserve to be in 1AA at this point. Or 1A at this point. So... um, how which which of those teams is the next to get it? I'd say Iowa State. Um, if if they uh, if Iowa State keeps Matt Campbell, they could get it for the Iowa game next year. That's my bold prediction of the day. Yeah, I think that's that is a possibility. Which, by the way, I just found another list that has Kansas on it. So I have two different lists: one that lists Kansas, one that doesn't. So we'll have to look into uh, that. They have definitely been on game day when they played Missouri at Missouri. But one of these lists says that it's happened in Kansas. One says it has not. So we'll have to do some more research on that. But I've, you've got to think Iowa State is is the next one, right? I would think so, but... None of those other programs are even... I mean, I don't know. I can't... Unless Wake Forest, you know... I don't know. I mean, the ACC is so pitiful that Wake Forest ends up somewhat in the top third of the conference pretty much every year recently. So I guess maybe they could, I don't know, they could potentially be up there, but I, I can't see any of these schools making it anytime soon. I'm surprised Cal has never had it though. Where Kansas university, where is Kansas? Is that mm. in? No, I have no in, idea. So Kansas played Missouri, but it was in Kansas City, Missouri, which was a neutral site game. As far as having it at home, I don't see that they've ever had it at home, but they have been on the show as the home team. 
so that's gotcha. probably why, where the confusion in your list comes in. So I didn't want gotcha. people to have to wait an entire week on that. I know that's way too big of a tease for people. Like people would just be flipping out if they had to, if we left And the University of, of Kansas is in Lawrence, Kansas, by the way. Thank yes. you, Google. Um, so you're, you're welcome that we don't do cliffhangers on this show. Um, <laughs> I'll ask you two more questions. And then if you have anything great, if not, no we'll wrap up and get out of here. Uh, does Chase Young deserve more credit? Should he be more in consideration for the Heisman? Um, I think that he is a, a game changing player for sure. I obviously missing two games because of the suspension um, hurts him. It's crazy to think that he leads in so many stat categories for Ohio state missing those two games because of how dominant Ohio state has been. Um, I think that's incredibly impressive. I honestly, for me personally kind of still have a bad taste. I need more information about his suspension before I'm willing to award him the Heisman just because the Heisman also has, uh, some standards that are associated with it. It's not just about being, the best football player, but I, yes, I think that he should get more hype than he is currently getting. And he gets a lot. So more hype hype in in respect to the Heisman is what you're saying. More, more hype in respect to the Heisman, more consideration um, than he he is currently getting. Yeah. I think he should finish two behind Burrow. Like is that I don't yeah. know is that is that a is that a hot take is that a flaming hot take like what, I don't think so I because think that, outside of Burrow I don't know who I don't have a for sure number two you know I think what Burrow and and I, listen everybody that listens to the show knows that I think that Joe Burrow is incredibly punchable however I also don't think that you can argue that anybody else should win the Heisman outside of him he's done such an incredible job but I think that Chase Young is a generational player and that should get some regard. Um, and I, I hate that the Heisman has kind of become the best offensive player um, because that's not really what the award's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the best college football player. Right. And Chase Young is definitely in the discussion for that. I think the reason I don't think that, well, I want to say, I think that unintentionally it became that like I don't think anybody sat down and said like hey you know what from now on we're only going to give this to a quarterback or a running back right no I, just I think don't think so, so either but it's so much easier to look at stats than it is to look at how somebody impacts a game like I don't know right. how closely you watched the Ohio State Penn State game but on Penn State's last serious offensive chance they were down two scores with four or five minutes to go, I believe it was like fourth and seven, fourth and eight, and the commentator, which I hate Fox's play-by-play, by the way, but the commentator literally said they better double-team Chase Daniel here or Chase Young. Did I say Chase Daniel? Chase Young, uh, yeah. They better double-team Chase Young here or he will get a sack and the game will be over. Yep. And he mm-hmm. ran right by his guy, wrapped the quarterback yep. up, and the quarterback was able to like throw it into the ground, you know, cl- fairly close to a receiver so he didn't get the sack but that's my point the the you know the comment the play-by-play guy was literally Babe Ruth called his shot Chase Daniel did exactly what he said and it doesn't show up on the stat sheet right and Young did too Chase Young my goodness I'll say it right in a minute um whereas if LSU is going to make a play on offense it is going to be Burrow 
right? Like Burrow sure. is going to be the one to make the play. And it always shows up on the stat sheet, even if he doesn't get the so, touchdown, right? Like he throws a 50-yard think... pass. So yeah, that's why it you... always goes to the best offensive player. Because you can't quantify yeah, do you, those well, defensive That was what I was going to ask you. Do you think that this happens because voters for the Heisman, nobody has time to watch you know, every game that happens every Saturday. So it's easier to look at the stat lines. And so therefore it's easier to vote for an offensive player because there is something that you can look at and quantify as opposed to taking the time and actually watching all of this game film for these different players. I think yes and no. I think that, you know, the Heisman voters are, for the most part, very well informed and understand that. But I think that even watching the game film, how do you quantify a QB hurry compared to a well uh, a, for... a touchdown pass, right? Like how do you even, – even think about other sports. Very few baseball players make the Hall of Fame because they were amazing defensively, right? Like if I ask right. you to list your top five – baseball players of all time, who are you going to list? You're going to list Hank Aaron. You're going to list Babe Ruth. You're going to list Barry Bonds. And whether those guys were good pitchers or defenders or not, you're, you're running down the home run list, right? Like you're going to list right. Ken Griffey Jr. Right. You're list, same thing in basketball. Like Kobe and Michael and LeBron were great defenders, but that's not why you – like they weren't the best defenders ever. The best defenders right. ever were people like Bruce Bowen and guys that would get up in your and, – and Ron Artest and Rasheed Wallace and Ben Davis and these kind of – So, but. That's not who we list. We list Michael and Kobe and LeBron and the scores, And we do that in every game. Wayne Gretzky in hockey. And so it's kind of the same thing. In football, we understand what amazing defenders are. We know who Dion was. We know who Ray Lewis was. We know who this guy or that guy, whatever was. But it's hard to quantify that. We, in, 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 a, in, a, in sports, the object of the game is to score points and defense is just there to limit it but in a sport that's designed or in all sports that are designed around scoring points we will always give partiality to the offense this is my ted talk well, for the day um, I, <laughs> thank you for attending um <laughs> i think that part of the way that you quantify it for uh chase young in particular is uh, i don't know if you remember this part of the broadcast but i'm pretty sure that they said something along the lines of every point that penn state scored was scored during a play that chase young wasn't in and i mean we'd have to go back and and watch film to double check that but they and it was not all the way through the game when they said that so i i honestly don't remember if penn state scored after that fact or not but I think that's one of the ways that, that you look at it. Obviously, he's impacting the game if the only time they're able to move the ball is when he isn't in on a play. Yeah, for sure. And, and then I don't think they scored late there. So, But even with that, I just think that our minds are not – like just the way we view yeah. sports is not geared toward that, especially with today's but rules, right? Like interestingly – the rules are an interesting point, though, is because it, it wasn't always this way for, right. the, for the Heisman voting. So something has changed to make us lend, you know, to, to make us pay attention more to the offensive stats over anything else. So maybe it is the rules. I think it's the rules. The rules I think changing. it's the way the, the game has changed. You know, the 
the game has progressed in stages, right? Like it used to be you you didn't throw the ball. Everybody was Georgia Tech, right? right? And and I know that's several, several years back, but you know and, <laughs> more and than it, several years, but and, yes. <laughs> and then it became you know, like when Allie was in school and stuff. So um <laughs> and then it became you know, well, you got to run to set up the pass. And now, I mean, it is totally transitioned to the opposite side of that where, you know, I, I watched a Bucks game the other day where I think they threw the ball something like, or they dropped back to throw the ball like something like 50 times. And there were like nine rushing attempts by everybody besides Jim, Jameis. Um, so like 60 plays and 80% of them were, were passing. Play. So it's not even 50-50 anymore. So I think, and I know that's NFL, but I think that's just all football now is just very yeah. much we're going to pass, you know, these athletes are incredible. We'd rather have, I mean, and it's really just the progressive thinking of football now. I'd rather have my quarterback have five options than my running back have one, well, right? Because you can only I run mean, through one hole. And so yeah, right. I think it's the same idea. I think it is. Well, RPO has become, I mean, and truly you can thank Urban Meyer for that, really. He, I mean, he started he he started that trend. I feel like, but yeah, I mean, you the offense has evolved, um, especially lately, and so that definitely changes. But the but you're right though the the rules play into it the way that the rules are very offensively friendly uh, to to protect not only player well, safety. I mean, but think also about like now we don't even get to have like the the film of the big hits anymore. All of the big hits are now illegal. Right. Yeah. So it's harder to have that Heisman moment because that Heisman moment is now actually you getting ejected for targeting. Whereas and, 10 years ago, it would have been that Heisman moment. And I wonder, I, I think it'd be really tough to look at, but I just wonder like across college football, like if you were to go back, um, say, say this decade, well, this decade's almost over. So uh, say from 2011, 2000, no, 2000 to 2000. 2010, 2019, and look at the the pure interception numbers um, over that span compared to 2000 to 2009, right? Like just for all of college football, and you know, not factoring in the fact that there may be new teams that have joined, you know, FBS or whatever. But if you looked at the raw interception numbers, I wonder if they're up or down. If somebody will do that research for me and tweet it to me, I'm not doing it tweet right it now. to us. Um, but I wonder if they're up or down. And my thoughts are, I would think that they're, it's so tough to tell because there's so much variance, but if you could do it just among power five schools, that would be my preference. Cause I don't care outside of that. Um, but my thought would be that they're down and, and I could be wrong about it, but I just think that with passing the ball more, even though the ball is being passed more and that's more opportunities for interceptions, um, I just think that with timing routes and RPO and, and guys being schemed open more, I just think that they'll be down. That's my true thought. Mm. I think – I'll actually take that back. Interceptions might be up because passes are up, but I, I would like to know the pass to interception the percentage ratio. percentage ratio, right? like yeah. If, if, if the ball has been thrown 50,000 more times over that decade and there's right. 6,000 more interceptions, like I won that. Like my, you know, my theory worked out. So somebody do that research while you're bored on Thanksgiving week and, and tell us what you come back with. Um, uh, uh, all right. So I've got one last question for you before we wrap up here. 
Oh, All right, I need I need your prediction. This is a chaos scenario, okay, for the playoffs. Okay. Bama loses to Auburn. Georgia loses to LSU. So LSU's Oklahoma, in. Uh huh. Okay. Oklahoma loses. Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State, but then beats Baylor. Okay. Utah loses to Oregon. Ohio State beats Minnesota in the Big Ten championship game. And we're going to assume they beat Michigan as well. Top three remains, obviously, then. You've got LSU in, Ohio State, and Clemson in. Who gets the fourth spot then? I would say either... I would say either Georgia... I'm looking at the AP right now, so I'm not looking at the college football playoff rankings. Which makes so even though tougher. Georgia loses to LSU, they're potentially in, in your mind there, okay? Yeah, I mean, here's my thought. on. Yeah, I would say Georgia. In here, I mean, unless it's like a 40-point loss. And I've had this thought over several, th- several, several games that have been played within the top 10 or the top four. Um, if you thought Georgia was the fourth best team in the country going into that game, which – assuming the college football playoff rankings don't change over the next two weeks, they will be. Um, if you thought Georgia was the fourth best team going into that game and they do not get just absolutely embarrassed by LSU, then the fourth best team in the country was supposed to lose to the number one team. To lose to the best team. And so right. because I've always said, to me, it's not as much about the resume as it is about who's the best team and who I think would match up the best, again, as long as they don't get blown out, I think I would leave Georgia at four. Basically, what you asked is if the next three teams behind them were to lose, you know, who would get that? I, I, is Florida right behind that? Is that your way of sneaking Florida in? No, uh, I, I, don't, I don't I don't think, think Florida gets in over Georgia when they both yeah, have I, two losses and I, to beat Florida. But. I, think, I think the only way they do, right, is the scenario – I mean – Heck, at that point, I think they just put Alabama in. Like, even with Alabama losing to Auburn. Does um, does Oregon have an argument, though, then, if they have beaten Utah? It depends on how close Georgia loses to LSU. If Georgia keeps it within 10 points, they'd stay in, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, yeah, so Alabama loses their out. Oklahoma loses their out. I mean, maybe Baylor's in. Oh, you said Baylor loses. You said Oh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State, but then beats Baylor in the yeah. Big 12 championship game. Both Big 12 teams are out in that situation. Um, now, I don't think I don't think Oregon's in just because I, I'd rather see or I think Georgia Georgia with two losses is better than Oregon with two losses. Um, I don't I don't know where we rank Alabama in that like. You know, if Alabama loses to Auburn, I think the committee has shown a, a real preference to common opponent. And so mm-hmm. Oregon, oh, well, they both would have lost to Auburn. So I take that they back. They both would have lost to Auburn. Uh, I take that back. I think Alabama would finish ahead of them, too. Unless they beat Utah by just like some ungod, like 50 points or something and really had a great showing in that last game. Um, you know, I think I'd take Alabama over them, too. Um, but I will say, I think that if you can add one more thing to your scenario, okay, mm-hmm. I think this is Florida's path to the playoff is 
your exact scenario with Georgia Tech winning on Saturday and what <laughs> all your wildest <laughs> dreams come true. Okay, well, the good news, <laughs> I won't be holding my breath for that. Um, <laughs> you know, the, another scenario that is far more likely would be Michigan beating Ohio State or Minnesota beating Ohio State. Um, but I don't think either of those things happen either. And I wasn't setting it up for Florida to get to the playoffs because I don't they think that that is. They just conveniently happen to be the next team in the poll after all the chaos. Listen, <laughs> I just like to see chaos, chaos all right? Um, if Minnesota beats Wisconsin, who Wisconsin's ranked 13 now, we'll see what they are in the playoff rankings on Tuesday night. If, if Minnesota beats Wisconsin, I do think that they, as long as – I think they've got a really good chance. Uh, if Minnesota to, beats Wisconsin and then beats Ohio State in the Big Ten in. championship, they should, they should be, be in. in. Absolutely. I, I think that if Minnesota beats Wisconsin, um, I think they'll jump Florida. They might jump Oklahoma, too, and be in that seven spot. And I think if they're in that seven spot, assuming Alabama wins, if, if Alabama loses to Auburn, they'll be in the sixth spot. I think that Minnesota Ohio State is a play-in game. Um, yeah. I think that Minnesota Ohio State should be a play-in game either way. Um, right. Which is interesting I, it because it's it a weird. play-in game for Ohio State, right. but it's not. Which is Maybe interesting. Ohio State's your fourth team. You know, if right? if Minnesota, especially if they just lose by like three, right? They'll be big favorites. Right. I think they'll be fourteen to seventeen point favorites. But yeah, uh, if Ohio State. If Ohio State loses to Minnesota, whether Minnesota wins this weekend or not, then I think I think Ohio State has – does Ohio State have every bit of a good argument as Alabama does going to their conference championship? I take Ohio State to win any game with their starting quarterback over yeah. Alabama without theirs. Without theirs, yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway – you're you're all for the chaos. You're like the mayhem guy. Uh, all states not paying us for this, but you're like the mayhem guy on TV. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to college Listen, if if my team can't be there, I've got to wreck it for everybody else. So so go South Carolina, go A and M, go. Let's just. I hope I hope every team in the top ten this week gets upset. Can we agree on that? No, because Florida's <laughs> in the top ten. Um, what do you guys do for What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, we are going to my parents' house, and this is actually the first year in a long time. I have nothing that I have to bring because if you give birth within two weeks of Thanksgiving, you are off the hook <laughs> I from like cooking anything. Six bodies, right? Like that's what, I, that's well, what they're do. expecting out of you, which is harder I than do whoever to has that. to make the freaking mashed potatoes. I mean, like you, you getting out the door is a lot tougher than it is for them, right? That is true, and I had totally forgot how long it takes you to get out the door with infant babies until I've, you know, had to do it again the last, this last couple of weeks and been late a few times. So I've got to remind myself I need like 30 minutes to pull together all the crap it takes to bring infant children places. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll get my parents and not having Thanksgiving breakfast, which has that plan changed? Or are you still having Thanksgiving breakfast? Are you crapping on Thanksgiving breakfast right now? Like, is that a real... Are you? I mean, that, it's a holiday like that you invented, essentially. It felt so. like shade. Um, so my parents are divorced, and her parents are divorced too. So it it just ended up 
you know, we would have to go before we got married. We would have to go to so many different places on Thanksgiving, right? Like we want to see my mom. We want to see my dad. We want to see her mom. Like it was just such a hassle. And so right. I finally just said, I'm not doing it anymore, especially once we had the bit. Ba- well, I think we did it the year before the baby too, but I finally just said, I'm not doing this anymore. I am. What we'll do is we'll cook two meals at our house. We'll do breakfast for anyone that wants to come and we'll do dinner for anyone that wants to come. And so we do one at like nine, 10 AM and then we do the other at like four or five o'clock. Right. So you okay, have plenty so of time to get before, in. Before the way you're saying it, I thought you were only doing breakfast. Well, so we, this year we are only doing breakfast. Okay. And okay. we'll go somewhere else for like, I think we're going to her mom. I don't think we're going to her mom's for dinner. Right. And gotcha. but, okay. So this year with a one year old, um, it just it was too much. It's really expensive to cook two meals for like twenty people <laughs> each time um, on the same day. And so we were just like, you know what? We're gonna take it off this year. We're just gonna do the one. And so that's why we're doing breakfast. Like that's the long story to the fact that we're doing breakfast. Um, but gotcha. Wednesday okay, night. Okay. Well, at least that makes sense. So. I actually have a goal. I haven't even told them this yet, but I have a, I work in sales. So I have a goal with my team on that. I'm going to tell them about tomorrow morning. I'm going to leave at noon on Wednesday, but if they can hit this goal that I have set for them between Monday and Tuesday, uh, I, I won't make them having to come in on Wednesday, which in turn means that I don't have to come in on Wednesday. You don't have which would to. Be great. So if I have to go in for the first, you know, four or five hours of the day, I will, but I'd like to not have to go in. Um, but I'm going to come home Wednesday and I'm going to fry and smoke a turkey, not the same one, but like two smaller turkeys. Right, and that's just kind yes. of, that's kind of for, I think it's me, Kara, the baby, and I think my mother-in-law is coming over, maybe one of her friends. Like it's going to be like three or four people. Like it's not very big, but it's just kind of for me on Wednesday and Thursday night when I get home and Friday while I'm watching football. So that's kind of what those that those turkeys are for. So that's kind of my Thanksgiving gotcha. three days. Maybe we'll come see you guys on on Friday and see how that goes. But uh, that's well, my we will be plans. there for sure on Friday. So definitely come over. We can watch lots of football. But yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I'm excited. It's gonna be a good, hopefully relaxing thanksgiving week we've got a lot of good football on all week long which always makes me happy and i don't have to cook which also makes me happy i would be a big fan of not cooking too except i really do like frying a turkey so that's kind of fun for me, eric so. loves to fry a turkey as well and so i and i think he and my brother-in-law are going to fry one on my parents back porch um uh on thanksgiving i don't think that we can get away without having a fried turkey but uh everything else my mom is i don't know i don't know if you've ever watched um the cooking network but they have semi-home cooking with sandra lee and she like takes like i don't know some pre-made stuff that she buys at the grocery store and adds stuff to it and serves it and whatever and like literally i think my mom invented cooking like that uh (laughs) like way before the show ever came out like this is a woman that has cooked things for thanksgiving dinner like in the microwave um so i'm all i'm interested to see what shows up half the time it's catered food so we shall see (laughs) but at least the turkey will be something made at her house yeah so and you can't go wrong with a fried turkey so um, that is true well cool well oh i was gonna say this too i have you have you I, i know you 
are super busy. I don't know how often you listen. Have you ever heard us talk about culture projects on the Big Three Roll Up? Are you familiar with that? Do you know what those are? No. What is it? Tell me. So culture projects started as a way. I know this may shock you, but I'm white. And culture projects started out as a way for like Silk and these guys to give me uh, experience into culture, right? Like, so I would have to watch like, like a black movie, right? Like a, like a black culture movie, or I'd have to listen to this like trap music or just whatever. Right. And then I'd have to come back to the show the next week and give them my take on it. Right. Like, I've never heard of some of these movies. I've never listened to some of these albums. Um, But then it kind of expanded from that, and we all would assign culture projects. Like, Newberg's, like, super into, like, flowers, and he goes to the market every Saturday and buys his hippie flowers or whatever, you know? So, like, one week we all had to go buy flowers and arrange them and stuff and take pictures and upload them, and, you know, we've watched... Movies that Kev suggested, like I've suggested comedians because I'm really kind of into that. So anyway, I haven't even talked to you about this off the air. But Wednesday afternoon, my favorite soccer team plays a huge, huge match uh, in the Champions League against another really, really good team. And if you're not busy, we're going to do like an hour. Col- I don't know if I can commit to the stand for the whole game, but we're going to do like an hour <laughs> culture project. So I've got the baby. It's Wednesday afternoon. We'll find out what you're doing. And if you're free, we're going to watch it. So it's going to be your own I personal You and Eric project. are going to become best friends because <laughs> my Eric watches soccer like yes. not as religiously as you do, but any chance that he absolutely can, Eric is a is a massive soccer fan. And I will say I am a casual soccer fan. I am the um, the U.S. is playing. I'm in. If it's a good World Cup game, I'm in. I am not, you know, the watching soccer every week kind of girl. But I grew up playing soccer, and I, you know, I don't know as much about soccer as I know about football, but I have some good working knowledge there. And I'm a, you have to like know said, a lot less fan. really just well, like yeah. kick the ball that way is really the only, that's the only rule. Well, I would say I know a lot less in terms of like, let's say history of great players or things like that. Um, well, I am Amazon but, priming like two onesies right now and two five-year-old outfits of Lionel Messi jerseys. So we're all going to be dressed on, on Wednesday and be set. So anyway, real life culture project. Perfect. Uh, So, all right. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have any questions or comments or complaints, you can send those to Allie on Twitter, (laughs) Allie underscore peak. Uh, no, but seriously, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, let us know if you have happy any questions or anything. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, my our Thanksgiving wish is that you go rate us five stars on iTunes. So if everybody will go do that. <laughs> that's That will make my Thanksgiving great. If you don't, I'll have a terrible Thanksgiving. So And so will Allie and her baby twins. So there's that. <laughs> so we'll do it again next week after Florida State gets their head beat in this weekend. Yeah, so it'll be nice to see who was correct on score predictions and everything else. But enjoy your uh, your Thanksgiving week. And like TJ said, tweet us, comments, complaints, concerns. If it's negative, DM it to him. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, everybody have a great week. <laughs>